Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. I am here with the original trio. Howdy. You're well, fucking intro, dude. Well, you don't like it? No, I love it, but you just get so into it. I, I know this is a broken record, but you just like body and everything it's straight like, it's into it. It's kind of like the old cartoon, like Popeye, you know, when he like I just have his the, chest up. I almost have this weird dream. Say it with your chest. Someday that we're just going to be like on a news station. I would broadcast you foreshadowing. No, I'm not. No, I, I'm just saying, like an announcer. I could have been a sports announcer in another life. But you don't know baseball or the hell. Well, I would only do one sport. Mm. Maybe two. Tennis. Yeah, uh, back a gaming. <laughs> Professional <laughs> Mario Kart. Professional underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Sean and I won't talk about what we've been doing in the evenings. No. We're not going to talk about it. No, there's a time and place for that, and it's not here. Uh, Done it guys, too. <laughs> it's good to be here <laughs> with my two fellow brothers that started this joint. It's been a long time since it's just, just been us three. It's been like, what, five episodes? <laughs> no, I, I legitimately don't think it's been... We've always had a guest if it was just us three. Typically. Like, just us three spitting the mic. Like MCs <laughs> spinning the mic. He's he is like he's on one tonight. You know. get one Bud Light lime into him. Yeah, and he's good to go. I think he's got half of it down. He's wasted. The only thing Bullman that I want to sponsored with Anheuser Busch or any other affiliating companies. <laughs> the only thing that I want to reflect on being is that none of us went or maybe one of us. Went you on. were the only one that didn't go hunting. This you went, past Sean didn't go. I didn't go last weekend. Sean was in Washington. Oh, you were. I'm the only one. Yeah. I mean, is there anything you want to elaborate on? Um, you know. Oh, you do kind of have a story. Eh, it's not a good story. I feel like it's water under the bridge anymore. Is it? Well, let's bring up bad. Okay. Like bad, so, second bad to last day. No, last day. Last day. Last day of season. For archery. For archery. Uh, archery elk. You gave it one last go. You gave me and me and dad gave it one last go and. Kind of moseying through an area, and I pop up over the hill, and here's this hole, and probably 35 head of elk. I'm like, oh, right there. And uh, dad's like, yeah, I saw those like 75 yards down the road, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be wrong. I'm like, really? Come on, dude. 75 yards down the road, they might not have seen us. But anyway, um, knew where they were going to go, so we busted butt over there. They had already got on the neighbor's property, and there was three, two kind of not mature bulls, and then one really, Definitely really nice bulls, bull. though. 
Oh yeah, I'd have shot any one of them. And thirty some cows, which going into rifle season with a B tag is good to see. I know Sean's. I know, but I'm like, I've been thinking about that because I'm like, I bet these guys are thinking. If they see a cow this week, they might shoot one. 100%. Oh, you guys have cow tags, though, don't you? Yeah. Because I was going to say, like, tag. dude, you guys can still go to the mountains. Don't don't blow that we're A tag this year. Well, yeah, we're still going to use the A tag for... Because you guys have a real opportunity. Like, it's not like your elk season's over. Like, you could legitimately shoot bulls this year. Yeah. Easy. Well, I wouldn't say... Never that. easy. Well, not easy, but, like, I think I would be confident in putting a bet that one of... There's at still, least one of there's the two, probably still a 15% chance we could shoot a bull. It's just going to be hard work. But, I mean, that's what we do. It'd be in the snow, so, I mean, it might be kind of easier, you know, following I'd love, tracks. I'd love to see but... one of you guys really get into something this year. And and you guys are taking off a week to go up, right? I'm taking off three days plus a weekend, so I'll be up there for five days. Are you just and doing a Friday through Sunday deal? I have Thursday no through idea. Monday. Sean, not quite sure what he can get off of work. Well, yet. anyways, I, I hope... His boss is a real dick. You know what's crazy is, I, is we kind of had plans on doing... Like another, we talk about this archery opener episode that was lost and then found. Has been found. Found it in the major. We were going to do a similar one for opening of rifle, but it's been crazy. I mean, it's really tough with, you know, Matt being gone for the whole month as I'd well. Like to point out his hand gestures while holding that drink. It's pretty funny. I know. I'm like in full there? conversation yeah. right now. Hey. Well, anyways, it's been it's been tough to like really nail, and we've been trying to get some really banger uh, guests on, and we I've really been happy, yeah, with uh, the quality of outdoorsmen that we've been able to bring in the last couple months. It's been, I mean, informative. It's been, I mean, the, some some of the stories have been out of this world, really. But anyways, uh, so we didn't end up do, being able to do it. Either one of our opening, we'd have lost it anyway. Probably. Yeah. I mean, we could still do a. Uh, no, 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 no. Nah. Uh, so yeah, I, the only thing you know, we want to talk about Ramsey's elk hunting story. Ramsey and I kind of like had a little bit of a conversation. Do notice they did cut that short too? Uh, not intentionally. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it's water under the bridge anymore. Yeah, I know. I, I, I watched it's him right like off I, into the sunset. I didn't really feel like you wanted to talk about it anyways because it was kind of sad. There is another story that involved my me and Sean's what Tuesday night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm falling. I am picking up. Well, let me let me now. say this first. In regards to your story that you just told, we kind of talked the other day about like on a, on a year. <laughs> Dude, these guys are talking so much shit tonight because I'm 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 engaged. I'm, I'm I'm making hand gestures to just the boys, which was kind of awkward with no guests, but uh, it's, it's, they're still talking shit. All right. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> the years that we've had soup tag in regards to archery season, it almost seems like religiously soup tag. We always see elk the last day, and it's always like in the worst spot. Like they're just basically like, "Ha ha, see you later." Not this. Year. I've been here the whole time, fuckers. You know they say hindsight's twenty twenty. I could have gotten in on those elk had I known they were there. That's like that is the most generic ass fucking statement. No, sorry. Ever. Like, like, isn't that every no. week? Let me let me rephrase. No, that's like saying had I known what like part of the property they were on. That's still not, that's still that's still, still so not ridiculous. 
That's like saying that that bull that we jumped in the ranger when I took off after it that I had over yeah. a two percent chance. If of I had known that any of those elk were going to be just chilling at the wallow this year when I was there, I would have. If I could fly, you know, I mean, you're spitballing here, shooting. I get what you're saying though, Rams. I'm not trying to shit on you, but my yeah. point being was it seems like every single year, and like what happened last year, I had the 900 tag. You helped me go out there. Boom, we got on a bull. Got so close to him. Did that 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 bull grew like five horns and a half a mile. What do you mean? Well, he ran to the train tracks as a spike, and he came out as. I a know six that's by still six. the weirdest scenario I've ever been in. We've never told you that, Sean. The day we went out there, we were just tooling around. Come up to the to the fence line to go through the field up top, and there's an elk walking across the field. And we're like, oh, shit. And I was like, dude, I don't care if it's a spike. Like, last day, I'll go shoot it. He peaced out. And we're like, oh, man. So we drove to... Drove to the where berm. we could see him. We drove to that berm that you can't cross. And we just turned around and, like, Ramsey's just dinking around. He's like, oh, there it is. And then he pulls up the spotting scope. And there's just, a like, a fucking branch-torn bull, like, five by six, walking through the field back towards the timber. We're like, what just happened? <laughs> and we went after it. Like, and- the way it happened, it looked like he went in there, got some more horns, and then came back out because it was a matter I, hang of, Hang on, like, I'm going to need these. <laughs> I would guess, seconds. and especially with your guys' experience this year hunting out there and really getting an idea of that how that place works, I would say they're probably... They must have been just bedded on that field. I or found like, a new place to put a camera, that's for sure. You get what I'm saying? I mean, probably. Or like they were going back and forth. Kinda, I don't know. Kind of like the... Uh, well, and all those elk that I, I saw... This, how do I put this in perspective? This, you know, the other the, the big bull we saw in Rifle last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. That field, very deceiving. Because like we only saw the uh, three... The grades yeah. are different? Yeah. We only saw what the three or four raghorns, and that was very deceiving. Then 40 elk. Well, even where we decided to sit in that one section of land the when dad came with us um where we were heading looked like you had a way better viewpoint from what it actually was when we got it oh, but there. that whole that whole fenced area there is so rolling hills that it's like you can't i mean and I, if you get too high everything's gonna see you personally i have where's wallowed on mule deer on that before <laughs> several times because it's I, like they go and you're like well i know where they're going yeah it's almost like you got to spread like three dudes out along the uh, and just i don't know do i don't you, know what to do, do like the midwest like deer walk do you like to I, spread I do that dudes out, really? oh my oh, god and yeah. the air josh would laugh about that there's only you know episode 40 and you can't figure out how to turn the volume off on your phone but i get well, I, I gotta get stay it. i gotta stay up with the fantasy football news i gave up on that but uh <laughs> Well, I guess my, I just wanted to like talk about how like, it just seems like every year and then like three years ago and two years ago, Matt and I were out hunting and same thing. Like we had to like bomb out of the spot because there was eight inches of snow and we were going to get stuck there for like four days. And, uh, um, we saw a giant elk as we were leaving. It just sucks. But yeah, that's a wrap on. I don't know. Does it seem like we've been repetitive for like six weeks on elk? Or I just get so excited about talking about it. Well, the thing is, I mean, we're here to make hunting content, and that is our hunting content is we, talking about. That's just what we did for six weeks with almost zero interest in shooting deer. Or I, I did say, shoot I, at one. I and you guys say. haven't put much effort into our rifle antelope, which is kind of crazy too. I'm glad he turned that sound turn volume, your off. volume off. Uh, you like my. <laughs> What is happening right now? <laughs>
It's actually Matt. Should I answer it? Yeah, do it. Tell him he's on the hello. Tell him he's on the podcast. Hey, I'm on. We're on the podcast, so don't say anything crazy. Oh shit! Uh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're hot mic'd right now. You are. We're good. We kind of miss you. It's been like three weeks. We're we're spitballing here. Uh, what are you spitballing? Um, we have some cool things to talk about tonight, but right now we're currently talking about um, Houdini elk. We're talking about how like it seems like religiously in the last four years, if anyone's had uh, like tag soup from archery season, the last day we always see elk, and it's like always heartbreaking. Yeah, like last year. When we left and that big old monster was up on the fence line. Yeah, yeah. That was, I just had just mentioned that. And Ramsey, actually, he got into him on, on Sunday when it was unsuccessful. And then we uh, transitioned into, uh, if we thought we had talked about elk too much this this uh, this archery season. I guess it would have to depend if you're an elk hunter or if you're not. I don't think there can ever be enough talking about elk as long as you're an elk hunter. I agree. And then we talked about how uh, we did like no deer hunting, but uh, so this kind of wraps up on archery elk today. So the only one successful out of our group was you. This is true. This is true. Throwing sticks. So, but but the boys got into them on Sunday though. Uh, just Ramsey actually by himself. Oh dang it, Sean. <laughs> If you would have been there, you probably would have seen two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you got anything for us since you've been gone for so long? No, no, just following the white lines going down the road. All righty. We'll, uh, we'll see you probably when we have a special podcast in November. We'll be your next one. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Well, we will, uh, we'll see you then and Alrighty, guys. drive safe. Take care. Right. Later. Well, that was an interesting change of pace. Was, was That's like, not the first time that we've done a on-call. You know, it's funny. Is like I, I knew, I guarantee you that conversation was going to go completely different. And it was almost like he came home drunk in high school and his dad caught him or something. <laughs> right there. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Oh. No, that was, that was nice to talk to him. His voice hasn't been on here in a while. Anyways, uh, this is a wrap, right? I mean, we'll, we'll not stop talking about elk because you guys will be hunting for them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this changes a new a new leaf for us. We're transitioning into throwing the orange on every week, going out, and I think that brings us into Ramsey's story that he was going to talk about. You did something new this week. Go ahead, John. Take it away. <sighs> Someone grew up. So I, they grow up I so fast. I actually switched from crest to scope. <laughs> I now use uh, white strips. Big difference. Uh, the charcoal toothpaste. That's essentially the. I don't know brand wise about our topic right now, but it's pretty close to like the kind of same scenario as that. Well, kind of. I think good metaphor. You, you came from the the travel size to the to the full tube toothpaste. So. Sean hit the middle season, like the don't do, which I've been I've done three times, and people rag on me every time but it's worked and what you did is you hated what happened with your missed antelope shot a couple weeks ago felt uncomfortable dropped i don't know if i've actually publicly announced that on the podcast yet yeah uh, i think we got cut off when we were talking about it maybe. i 100 percent clean miss 
clean missed an antelope at 220 yards. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I have been using the same rifle since I started hunting. Uh, an old Winchester 30-06 Woodstock. Um, I think with the sling on it weighs about 74 pounds. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good gun for me. Gives you Vietnam flashbacks. It does. <laughs> and I, I mean, I've killed deer with it. Um, that's actually not the first animal I've missed with that gun. I missed the cow elk um, two years ago. So, Ramsey, um, what was your... You guys went and sighted on Tuesday. What was your consensus on Sean shooting the new gun? Um, he definitely seemed more comfortable. I don't know. I think, I think he could have been as comfortable with his thirty out six had he put it on paper. But now going to a three hundred. I just think. I guess I should probably mention. Oh yeah, talk about that. I bought a uh, a three hundred Savage Apex Two. I think it's their newest line. I guess they came out with. I'm not sure. I it uh, piqued my interest for a couple different reasons. Um, I was kind of tickling myself about about the Tikas. I had a couple little birdies in my ear. Um, telling me to just go with the Tika, but uh, the Savage kind of took the tail of the tape, and it. Well, and for the combo that you got, the price point was like. But I'd also say, like, isn't there a part of you that's like considering, like, waiting till like you put a lot more, like you're. This isn't your like end of all times rifle. This is like a solution you're making for this year that makes sense financially, in the middle of the season, like technically the beginning. Like you have you have ideas of putting effort into like finding a a ten year fifteen year gun for yourself. Absolutely. Um, the, my reasoning to myself for buying this the Savage was I can use it for I mean shit I could use that gun for five years if I wanted to. Right. Um, I obviously have big picture item that I want to buy in the future. Um, you know whether it go from a X bolt or or like a newer model Tika or something along yeah, those like lines. Yeah, like Bagheera, Kimber. Something like that. Christian I mean, Arms. Maybe, like I mean, maybe the 300 isn't, isn't the caliber that, I, um, that I'm going to love, but it, it shot well. Uh, I'm not a big believer in boar sighting anymore after that Tuesday night, um, mainly because, I mean, obviously, I, I guess don't quote me on any of these, the technical side of boar sighting, but I... Uh, believe that the boresight just kind of lines the scope and the gun right this is what i'm under the impression of right um and we went out and and set the target seven. at a hundred oh, yards it sounded like you said 700 because randy said that but yeah 700 it's sighted in dead nuts <laughs> at 700 um, inch high at 700 <laughs> but uh no so we set the target up and i was shooting a luckily this was this is honestly lucky um I used to have a shooting block that I had built. Um, cleaned out the shop a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I don't want to interrupt your story, but I also do. You know the stand that we used with Sven to put targets on? Whose was that? Mine. Oh, yeah. Sitting at the shop. Oh, 
<laughs> nice. Um, but uh, so I stopped the shop through, and I ended up had thrown it away a few weeks ago. Um, anyway, and so I ravaged through the shop and found a four by four sheet of seven sixteenths OSB mm-hmm. and some grab. You guys carried that all the way out there. Yeah, I grabbed some uh, some of my concrete stakes, and for whatever reason, you know, general contractors should probably have a hammer at a shop. I could not find one, so I had to finally found one in my truck. Um, anyway, we get out there and this was honestly, like it, it was almost like perfect picture that I, we use that because when I lined up for the first shot, Ramsey had binos up and I mean, it was like, it was within shooting light. Like it was dark, getting dark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I shot and he goes, I can't even see it. And I went, no way. And so I went in my scope and I couldn't see anything on paper. And so he walked all the way up there and looked and I was probably, 18 inches to the right and probably 14 inches high. Mm-hmm. And so I did a bunch of, I mean, that was what my first one, I did 25 clicks down and left and shot. And then I think I didn't, I didn't even hit paper again. I was about 10 inches right and eight inches high. Something like that. And so I did a bunch more clicks down and left, finally hit paper. And I believe I was right still. And I was at the right line. I was at center line. So moved left about, I can't even remember how many clicks that was, math. Um, 20 probably. Went, went left, shot again. I mean, I hit the, hit the bullseye. Well, you were, you were about an inch left. We went too far. Yeah, so we came back. That's right. And came then, back and went a little too far back. You were right on the edge of the circle. And then the sixth shot, you were pretty much as dead center as you could be. So I went up. And then you went up and shot two inches and a little bit right. So I didn't take the eight shot, but I clicked over about a, a half an inch was about, I just two clicks mm-hmm. figured it. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, I mean, seven shots. So you're feeling a lot better going into opening weekend with this new gun than you would have with the old one. I tell you, I'll tell you for free. I'm a big believer in bipods. You're a big fan now. Huh? Oh my gosh. It is a game changer. I mean, I just, I mean, you guys saw it. I mean, even that day where I missed that antelope, how many times was I taking my pack because I knew I needed a rest? Yeah. Because, I mean, realistically, every application that I was in to have a shot on those antelope, laying down prone. Now, you you had them put that on or it came with it? I bought one. Okay. Um, But laying prone in every application we were in, you can imagine the difficulties of trying to shoot an animal, in that case, without a bipod. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, I've been a believer. Every gun I've ever owned has had a bipod on it. I mean, that's just... My dad always had one. And so when I bought Yeah, my, we talked about that. I, I used to use one too. I just... I don't know why I didn't put one on my Tika. I just... I don't I don't know. I just not like... I, they're, they're just... I, I'm a big believer. What did, what did we figure? Your, your gun was 8.8 pounds total yeah. with the bipod and fully magazine full right and that's the that's the key that's the kicker right there because i was always talking about just putting a bipod on my 30 out six but mm-hmm. i really didn't want to carry around 100 i bet it was over 20 pounds oh easily that gun naked is probably 15 or 16 all right well is there anything you guys want to uh is there any expectations plans or thoughts going into opening week in a rifle hmm. are you excited are you are you it's, almost? It's I, gonna I, be kind of a. I am. I feel like we've made a good plan. We've adapted. It's gonna be a weird weekend, but 
honestly, the hard work we put into archery has actually made the ease of the transition a lot easier, I believe. Um, Do you guys cameras, think that... Uh, I mean, the craziest thing is, is we hunted the piss out of that property. And, you know, when you're walking around and you're not looking for the smaller four-legged animals and you see them, and then you start seeing them in the same spot and you're registering and you're, you know, you're closing in. It's like we, it's... We, you guys have like another 5,000 acres you haven't hunted too on the on that same right. place. So that'll be interesting. Right. But it's it's almost like we were doing that preparation even though we were looking for the big antlers versus the, the deer. Yeah. Like we did put... Because it's... it's I, Do I you honestly, feel a little bit of burnout from archery though? No. Like where it's not... Like the transition's a little... Like not as excited as you were September 3rd? Uh, no, not really. I'm not I just that. don't think I get as excited about rifle season as I do archery season. Well, think about how much effort you put in the off season to get to archery hunt, and then like rifle, like literally. I mean, Sean just sighted a gun in four days before rifle, right? And to be fair, like Sean just said, you guys put. I mean, not only did you scout for elk for weeks upon weeks before elk season, you just had six weeks of scouting. So like everything you've done for rifle season is done. Which I mean, obviously, you take that with a grain of salt. Every every year, you can do it. That happens whether you're. I know for a fact, though, all of us put more. About it or not. We put more effort in this year than we have any other season oh, in the absolutely. past. Absolutely, by by probably double. And I would I would fully believe that the reason, as far as Ramsey and I's spot, is because it's 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 rel- a hard place it, to hunt. It's relatively closer than any other place we've ever archery hunted. Is the yeah. big oh for sure? Because I mean, where we used to go, can you imagine the the three to the month before you know July? August area time or scouting would be words. tough. Um, do you think, I mean, how hard would that be? Like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go camping up, you know, in well, in uncle Joe's America, that would have cost you like $150 a week. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, it was just easier in a sense. Was it allowed us to put more effort into it? There was more opportunity. I think, is there anything you guys would have changed? I think the only thing I would have changed is we would have went in the uh, the northern end. Yeah, that's almost a tactic that you could consider for next year split, if you get the same tag. Sp- like split where you and I went and him and I went. And that's where we go. Could you imagine come like let's say you park up on the farthest northwest end, like literally on the the main road, and walked in from that ridge, where Sven was going to shoot that two point last year. Mm-hmm. Does it change anything? I. I don't know. Part of me is always, I mean, not to go off on a tangent, but part of me is kind of look back and been like, why didn't we hunt the other side? Right. More? You know, I mean, did the chance. But like Ramsey says a lot about had this. successful Hindsight. bull hunters over on that side before. And we, I mean, you got, we know them personally. So it's like. I think the toughest thing that I've come away with this year is how much effort we've all put in on these areas that we're allowed to go to when Ramsey literally could have shot an elk on public land. <laughs> it was like his best opportunity all year <laughs> and he couldn't shoot it. Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but at the same time, it's not entirely true. Right. Yeah, we saw him, but it doesn't mean you're going to get an opportunity. I have. Sean's public land bull. Before we really get into, I wanted to reflect on our guests from last week. I think that we've been bringing on some of the best outdoorsmen that we know, and Chance really inspired me. I I would honestly put the right term as the best like the best preparation I've ever been a part of 
and listen to. I mean, that's just well, and that's like I, I had this thought today, and tell me, tell me your thoughts on this this thought that I had. I don't think that there is the perfect hunter out there. I don't think you could claim the title of I'm the best hunter. No. Because what I think there is, is I think there's athletic hunters. I think there's skilled hunters. I think there's lucky hunters. I think there's all kinds of hunters that bring up our community. And I would definitely put like even Josh in the same category as like skilled athlete. And, and I mean, they're just really good at what they do. You just explained the five, three of the five different quarterbacks. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I was really inspired by Chance, man. Like, and I know we've talked about this before. And Ramsey and I could come out and say it right now. You know, we spent the first third of this podcast career talking about how we were trying to lose weight for the season, and it like fell on. It just fell apart. Could you say? Yeah, like we we failed again. And Chance really inspired me to like get my shit together and like start now. And get ready for next year because I want to put that much effort into it as I can. I want to hunt my spot next year if I get the tag and just hunt it hard. Matt and I both. I'm trying, I'm gonna try and get him in shape. I'm gonna try and we're gonna try some new things next year. I'm inspired for that. And then I'm gonna tell you, I'm not gonna put in for that tag in two years. In 2024, I will not put in for that tag because I have this dream of me and either both of you or someone else doing a hardcore backcountry public land hunt because I feel like I would earn it like that. I'm telling you that story that he told us made me feel weak as, as a, as an outdoorsman. I don't know if you could, I mean, I wouldn't do that to yourself because in the case, it goes back to what you were just saying. It's different styles of hunters. True. Maybe an athletic hunter isn't as, isn't as deep into the preparation. They rely on those boot miles to get things done. A intellectual hunter is the guy that studies shit on the ground and, you know, looks at shit through a telescope. Right. Shit like that. So, I mean, there's like stars. Yeah. Like a, like a, I'm not a zoologist. So I don't, <laughs> um, but it, you gotta take some, take some truth from what As you just said. As a former football though. player, I want to ask you this. When, we're both. I'm going to say we're both undersized for what positions we played in football. Am I wrong? Short wise. Well, I guess you played linebacker, so you were kind of right in that. My thing was when I took that next level from being like your basic, like a guy you could throw in and count on him to, you know, basically hold it up to someone that like was all state and like made plays. You know what I'm saying? Was I took things. And I threw my body at, I, I quit being comfortable. You know, I would put my hands in place. This is going to sound crazy, but I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'd put my hands in places that I would never put it before. You know, like I, I would put myself at risk by just elevating my mind another 20%. And it would get me through offensive lines into the backfield. It would get me blocks, you know, pancake blocks. It would get me stuff that I couldn't get with the body that God gave me because it was in my mind. And I think about that with hunting and it's like, could I pull off amazing hunts, fulfilling hunts? And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say like a 400 inch bull is something everyone needs to do. It's not. And it's almost not feasible. 
but could I go for what we we kind of praise on here as searching for mature animals because it's ethical, you know? And you know, I shot my bull this year, wasn't a giant. I'm super proud of myself for finally getting that done. But what I have wanted to stick to my guns on the fact that like we like to preach trying to get the most mature ones. Yes. And that's my goal. And I think if I gave myself that 20% took care of my body, did some hardcore stuff. I mean, I don't really want to get Giardia, so I'm probably not going to drink from stock tanks, but that inspired me to get to a point where I'm like, I've been treating this like such a luxury. You know what I'm saying? Easy. And I want to, I want to be challenged. And I think that that's what it inspired me to do is to be challenged next year and I think Ram- Ramsey and I are back into meal prepping. We're back into working out. I mean, this has to start now. I know that was a crazy tangent, but... Uh, it was. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? No, I mean, I just, like you said, I feel like there's... Be that different... Be that hunter that... Be the difference you want to see. Think about the think about the hunts you've done in the past, right? Now, add in, sprinkle a little sugar of everything you want to be. And now look in the future. Is that something you want to... I mean... I, I think it do is. you think they pair well? What you do now versus what you want to do, do they pair well? Well, and we, we talk this over and over and over again. We're addicted to elk hunting. All of us are. So that's what we talk about. That's what we work on for archery hunting because it's our most feasible way to be successful with elk is to archery hunting. And it's just the easiest... I mean, it's so hard to get rifle tags and, and do the rifle stuff in Montana. For us, it's what's easier. And for me, man, I had a really good point here, and I completely lost it. Uh, oh, here. Two things. One, I know of at least 20 situations that if my body was better, my mind was better, and I pushed myself, I could have reached hunting goals. And that's what bothers me every year, Right. But at the end of the day, and I think you'll agree to this, the best advice I ever got when I got into elk hunting, I mean, when we were very young, Ramsey, was elk is 95% luck. Every mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. 100%. And uh, I will never forget that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know how, how you took that conversation last week, but that, that really hit me in a place that I haven't stopped thinking about it ever since Chance sat there and told us his story. But you took it a little bit differently. Why? Not his story, but basically you told me the other day, like you're just tired, like you just wanna you just wanna do it for yourself. I deserve it. I mean if I put the work in, I deserve it is what I mean to say. But like it's something I want. I fucking deserve it. <laughs> I deserve to do nothing and just be skinny tomorrow. I d- I deserve to be like Sean. <laughs> I don't know. I think Sean's got a kid on the way or something. He's looking pretty dad bodish over there. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> a $700 t-shirt, dude. Okay. Oh, Relax. Well, yeah, I'm sorry to hit that tangent, but I had to reflect on it. And, and then Josh's story too. I mean, to be able to bring your girlfriend in with you, have her sit in the bushes back in the sticks, call in a bull, be successful. This is what we live for. Those are the moments that we live for. And it was great to have those guys on here. And I think, like I said, I, I think we keep really hitting on 
the morals of this group and bringing on the best people we can to share like awesome stories. And I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I just, I don't know. You got me thinking about elk season now and I'm just like depressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's still elk season, buddy. John, do you hear something? I, I, I'm scared. Are we having are we having studio noise again? We haven't had no, that forever. No. What, what is, is it? Is a bird? Is Ramsey, it a what plane? is it? It's been all night tonight. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Welcome to the BMB Buzzin' Three, where we keep you up to date on everything going on that's relative to the outdoors. So we decided to start a new segment, and you know, it's it's b- believe it or not, the preparation that went into this was about fifteen minutes before that record button got clicked. So this is what we got for you, folks. Pretty simple, pretty easy. The buzzing three. We got three hot topics about pretty much what's going on in the Montana outdoors, mainly regarding hunting. I mean, realistically, it could be anything. In the could outdoor. be global. Could be. Um, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit and, uh, very similar to what we did last week. I thought we had a, I thought we had a good review on last week. I thought that was fun. I mean, we've got to talk about a couple current events and now we're turning it into something structured. It's like a speakeasy. Riley said the word structure. You need to mark it on the calendar. Is that like speakeasy? Isn't that? It's not like, no, no, it's like a bar that's not a bar that they're trying to hide. Yeah, it's like a bootleg bar back in the day. You're thinking of poetry where they snap their fingers. (laughs) Isn't it like angry poetry? So, what what if Matt comes here? We run the segment. Are we going to have, if Matt comes here, are we going to have to call this the buzzin' four? No, because Matt, Matt is, uh, I thought it was called the buzzin' three because there was three topics. Matt has yet to, so one of a guy doesn't have, one guy doesn't have to come up with a topic when there's four of us. Well, Matt has yet to narrate something. We got to, yeah. This will be Matt's segment. No, or like Matt's cornhole hour. That was horrible. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like right. it sounds like the first five minutes before we came up with it. <laughs> we gotta come up with a name. Literally nine thousand play on words. The bane of our existence has been coming up with names since day one you of coming up that. with a name. You what? can't say that. What? Bane, the DC That's universe. A word. That <laughs> <laughs> That's um, well, if they have, if Marvel has, it's Spidey, in the dictionary, okay. If Marvel has Sean, Spidey copyrighted, this is bullshit. Sean wanted to call this the Daily Bugle. Like this wasn't. That's and, a super good name. If it, it wasn't, I'm a big Marvel guy, and I knew, I obviously know that John, John James, what's his, John name? John Jameson, John John, yeah, something like that. How do you know that name? J That's Jonas impressive. Jameson, J Jonas Jameson, yeah. Anyway, Jonah, the I believe. editor, it might be Jonas, the lead editor of uh, Daily Bugle. Um, I don't know if he'd be very happy. Actually, I'll tell you guys. I, I don't think uh, he's also on Allstate commercials, which is kind of weird. Okay, okay, we're getting a tangent oh, here. Farmers, Sean, what's what's farmers, what's the basis what behind this? He's my the basis. <laughs> I got something really important I want to say right now, but I okay. don't want to say it. Um, the basis of this is essentially, I think this sprung from our our three two week two three week ago podcast about uh, just our our current FWP. Um, Essentially, Manager. current events that we were doing management stuff like that. I think we kind of like. I was really trying to get back in the <laughs> conversation. The what? The uh, we keep getting we keep getting told no. that we were talking shit on FWP. We I don't think we were. No, um, but basically, I think what we like doing is is 
make this somewhat informative. You know, like we, it's obviously stuff that we go through and discuss as, as a group. And, uh, you know, we sit here and talk for about two hours and you might as well shoot the shit about it. Yeah. And, and get something. I mean, how many outlets is there for legitimate outdoor news? I mean, it's on like a little bit of the end of the evening news, but like legitimate what's going on in the world. I mean, some of these headlines are, are well known and you've probably already heard about them, probably already heard about them. But we thought, why don't you we heard talk it about here it? first? Probably not. Probably, no, probably definitely 11. not. Actually, um, you know, I'm just gonna throw Riley under the bus, and I want to hear what he's got to say. Why did I see this coming? Well, and the other background to this is each one of us comes up with our hot take for the week, basically, and then we share it with each other and talk about it. My hot take this week is. Less people are dying from bears this year because they're fighting them. <laughs> I sent you boys a video I found on TikTok like two days ago of a guy literally fighting a black bear on a hillside. Did you see that? I did. Unbelievable footage. Uh, for the use, those of you that haven't seen it, it's a guy that's on like the edge of a like a rock cliff almost, or like a short rock cliff. The only thing I can think of is it had cubs. You, you can hear the cubs in the back. Oh, you can? Yeah. Part this, of me feels like that bear was afraid for its life as well. <laughs> this black bear is coming at at this man several times, and he's, like, punching it in the nose, kicking it, yeah. and he, like, knocked it off the cliff, like, twice. Somehow appeared to come away unscathed. Second story this week that's been national news Um is the two Wyoming wrestlers that fought off a grizzly bear attack. Is, which did you, they state if it was a sow or a boar? I'm not sure. We can. I don't think they ever found the bear. We can definitely read the, the news article. I'm just going to give you guys a brief. This is straight from ABC News, um, an article made by Morgan Windsor of the ABC News team. And they talk about four college wrestlers say they are grateful to be alive and for each other. After going toe-to-toe with a grizzly bear in Wyoming over the weekend. Uh, it says their names. Here's their recount of the the, the attack. Uh, the bear came running out of the trees. I didn't even see it until it was right in front of me, but I heard the crashing. Uh, the only thing I could yell is bear, bear, bear. I just knew I had to protect my head and just kind of fought for your life. Um, it says it knocks them to the ground, uh, pushed me on the ground, Um they were putting their mouths and or their hands in the mouth, and it yeah. was chewing on their neck and everything. Watch the video of them speaking about it, and it, it was almost like the the one kid who initially was yelling "bear, bear, bear" got attacked, and his buddy kind of stepped in and threw his body at it, and then that bear, with like a snap of its fingers, threw that kid against a tree, and basically he's yeah, that's what. Sean, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you do that for me? Would I do that for you? Yeah. No, I'm faster than you, so. <laughs> Um, we also don't hunt in grizzly country, so it's hard hard thing to talk about. Um, but that is, you know, it's funny because how many guys have you ever been around like a hunting camp with that are like, oh, you know, if I saw a grizzly bear, you know, if it was attacking you, I, you know, I'd beat the hell out of it or something. It's like, let's put you into perspective here, okay? Well, do you know what argument I've been hearing a lot and 
I think I heard it on Joe Rogan. Are you about to? Uh, do I know? No, go ahead and say it. Let's see if you're. Is it the gorilla versus the grizzly bear? Yeah. So what, what is what is your a take? grizzly bear? One thousand percent. People so underestimate bears, dude. And I think it's people that like have never been close to a bear. Even a black bear would mess you up, uh, and I they probably won't. But they're like a giant dog with giant teeth and it's, the people that say a gorilla would win have never seen a fully matured 800 pound sow grizzly bear to be fair have you seen a fully mature silverback gorilla no but i can promise you that it ain't picking a f- an 800 pound grizzly bear up especially with razor blades on their hands and yeah. mouth and a bite force that can snap a anything in half i mean dude i don't know i'm undecided are you kidding me i just I don't even think gorilla, like full size gorilla or silverback gorillas, are that heavy. I think they're only like five hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, there's a strength thing that comes from the gorilla, but and a, a opposable thumbs. opposable thumbs thing. <laughs> but I mean, I just I feel like as a human, I would trade in my opposable thumbs for giant knives as fingers. They get yeah three to four hundred and thirty pounds, and they average height between f- five foot to. Not six even foot. not even six foot. They say five. Yeah, where a bear can get like ten feet tall. I know. <laughs> and it's like, what is the? I'm gonna look up the. Story. Where did we always used to go? And there was like a ten foot bear. Was that Shields back in the day when it was in the, when it was in the mall? The Great Falls Airport used to have a Kodiak. Don't you remember seeing like a giant? Yeah, the brown blonde bear? one. And it was in. Well, am I right? It I was in the it, old. I think Shields. they moved it to the new Shields. I think it's still in there. Really? Imagine yeah, because you can take a picture with it. You can imagine stand in front that. of it. That's I mean, what would you do cow. as a man? What would you do? They, it says that a silverback gorilla is in fact stronger than 20 adult humans combined. They can lift up. They can lift or throw up to 815 kilograms, which, which is, is a, how much is that? The, I'll do the math here real quick. Well, I would I would like to stay tuned with this article and maybe get some feedback on it it's later to find s- out. No, it's not that heavy. Oh yeah, eighteen hundred pounds. See, and that's lift? my thought too. Why doesn't he just pick that bear up and throw the bear? No, are we talking chance. about the gorilla still? Yeah, no chance. Eighteen hundred pounds they can lift. No way. Wow, it's just it, so tough, dude. I mean, like I, I people think about like a nice cuddly bear. They think about like it just walking. Like, have you seen one? They're like in attack mode. Like, it's terrifying. Okay, let's put. Okay, think of this. You've seen how gorillas fight, right? You've watched a video of two silverback gorillas fighting. What did you say? It's similar to how a human fights. Yeah, they just run in, like, they butt chests, you know, and they throw punches. The thing is, imagine that bear or that gorilla trying to do that to a full size grizzly bear. A grizzly is going to slash the shit out of that thing. Right. I mean, I just, it, I just don't see it. And you see, like every attack on on humans are like their head is always like cut like wide open. I've heard it in different articles. Remember the guy that was in Western Montana that survived a couple years ago that literally had like his front, like his face split wide open. Yeah. And they talk about in interviews, and these guys did too, where they could literally hear the teeth scraping across their skull. Okay, so I just Googled it. Straight up Google. Although a silverback gorilla is a very fast, quite strong, and has longer arm span, it is unlikely that a silverback could defeat the much larger and faster grizzly bear in a fair fight. Now, prison rules, I don't know. But <laughs> fair fight. Give the, give the gorilla an AK. <laughs> I don't know, and I just... 
I mean, the, the the intellect of primates is much more than that of a. I don't know. This isn't really the the subject. We're on there now, though. I like. I just. We can't be the fifty. This is why pod- I'm undecided. It's it's the strength thing. We're not gonna be the fiftieth podcast in the last month to talk about this. Oh, we just were. But it's realistically like that. Like what I was getting at is when I asked, like, did they know like the the sex or the size? Probably not, because if you're the agent that responds to that, you know, or whatever that has to deal with it, do you think it's a good idea to ask the guy that just got attacked by a grizzly bear? Hey, did that thing have nuts? How big was it? What did it look like? I don't know. It was a brown flash that beat the shit out of me for 10 minutes. I don't know. 60 staples he had to get in his head. Which that that is that is a true fight or flight response right there oh yeah i'd want him as my friend for sure yeah Yeah, i just i i try to put myself in that because i guess i that was a misinformed statement there is places where we do hunt that have grizzly bears and large populations of black bears and it's always something that you think about in the back of your head like i think people get cocky with it where they're like dude a bear like what's a bear gonna do or like i'll never run into a bear and then it happens then what do you do Everybody assumes, yeah, I have a rifle. Hope, you know? hope, like hopefully you're with four dudes that wrestle. I guess can. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone I hunt with always carries. So. I know, but they even talk about in the article these kids that they had bear spray and stuff, and that happened so fast and so violently that they didn't even have time to pull their bear spray out and deploy it. Yeah, but I mean, Sean, if you saw me getting attacked. By a grizzly bear, what's your first instinct? Probably pull out the forty-five. Yeah, and not and try not to hit you. The bullet wounds better than getting my throat ripped out by teeth. That's true. I don't know. It's tough. I. It's hard to think about, but I mean, good for these kids. They're alive. They're well. I mean, the one's gonna have scars for life, but it's better than being dead. That's a cool. I mean, probably not for him, but that's a cool ass story. Yeah, I got half eaten by a grizzly bear. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, so yeah, that was my article. I don't know. Mine's not really an article. So just let me. I'm just gonna go into mine because mine, yours is. I'm just gonna do mine. Mine's short. Um, mine's kind of short too. But I just like so I basically um, pulled up the FWP website and they do their um, news. Uh and it was just I was just scrolling through and I just think this is kind of funny because it's the number one viewed. Um, article on the website. It's basically st- informing hunters to be ethical. Oh, the cold weather I one? Came, no, no, no. I came across that one. It was like, yeah. uh, there. I didn't read the article tips. though. Can you read it to me? It was tips on how to be an ethical hunter. And I just think it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, it's it basically the title of the article is he finagled a way to talk crap on the FWP. No, he didn't. I think <laughs> no. It's it's the title of the article is responsible hunters are critical to the future of hunting, and the fact that they have that. to post this though is shocking to me. And literally, I want I'm going to go through these bullet points with you. I'm not going to read because there's there's several, but I'm not going to read the the whole deal. Um, I just like the, the titles of these are shocking to me that anybody would think differently. So the first one, avoid standing crop in 
if you're hunting BLM, even if you're where did we just hear that? We literally just talked to someone. I swore it was on the podcast about how they let someone hunt on their place, and they said like you can hunt here, but like don't walk on my Dylan. Or was it was it uh, um, uh, was it Bruce? I think it was Bruce. Where they said like don't yeah. walk on our 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 winter wheat. Yeah. Like stay out of that field. You can hunt the stubble. Yeah, and then they literally just went all over the not the Bruce, stand. but yeah, they, he was not telling, Bruce, yeah. but the guy he was telling. I don't so, know if it was Bruce. I don't remember who it was. I, yeah, but it's just funny that they say that. I mean, like they literally don't litter. Are um, you are you trying to say it's funny that like you as an ethical hunter you think it's ridiculous? I that wouldn't that even. Has to be I wouldn't said. even title myself like uh, titling yourself as. I mean, yes, I like to be ethical, but titling yourself as the ethical hunters is is not something I want to do because it's it's basically just. It, it, trying to admit to people like I never do anything wrong. That's not what I want to. That's not what I'm trying to get at here. It, it, obviously, I my whole passion behind the outdoors realm is to be ethical, of course. But it's just shocking to me that these like they have to post this for people to read. Can you imagine being somebody sitting at home, reading through articles and finding this and going, "Oh, uh, you know, I didn't really think about checking clothes for weeds um, to spread." You know, I've never, I mean, which that case, that was a, that's kind of a poor, um, but I mean like avoid driving on muddy roads, uh, avoid ridge driving, driving overlooks, do not park on roadways, gateways, always close gates. I mean, this is like a, essentially a, a known thing, a document for people that hunt BLM because that's, I mean, where else do you, do you fall in this? Oh, state land block management, public land. Right. Completely fill out BMA slips. Know well, where you're here's located. Something. Would you see. argue with me here? Is this not shit that we all learned in Hunter's, and Hunter's Ed? Yes and no. They don't, they don't. I mean, I, I mean it's kind of along those same lines as like having to put caution hot on a cup of coffee. There's people out there that are, how would you phrase this? Ignorant. Yeah. Is it so like it's just shocking to me because it's not like I I was never taught by somebody these things. It was just always kind of common sense to me. Yeah. You know? Well, common sense is dead. But you're also a good person too. You would never go into a property and leave a gate open. It's you open it, you should close it. But there is and you know this, that there's people out there that are just leaving gates open. They do all the stuff that's on this list. I know. It's just, but it's it's shocking to me. And it's like, and then obviously at the bottom, they go into like the tip empty. Like there's literally a 1-800 number you can call to get these bullet points if you if you need them. You know, if I go, oh, you know, I don't know if, if I can open this gate. Let me just call 1-800. Well, the tip mon is for poaching. Well, and originally. Blo- blogging. Well, itself is difficult when there's not a lot of content and i'm sure fwp writers struggle with that i get what you're saying i don't think they struggle that much for how much they propose every i know but i get what you're saying it's almost a a an an ignorant but like a like an unneeded article because the people that need to read that aren't going to read it and they're not going to give a shit. They pronounce it in such a positive manner too. I mean, like the beginning before you start reading into this goes below are just a few of the things that hunters and all outdoors, outdoor enthusiasts should be aware of when enjoying our resources. And it's like, it amazes me that 
an actual functioning human being can like this i'm not like i'm not saying that i'm a perfect human obviously nobody's perfect and yes i've done some things that you look back and go wow that was kind of dumb but these things most of these things are so purposely common sense that it's just shocking to me that anybody would how is it so shocking sean we literally talked last week about a lady shooting a dog like i i this is the shit that happens every day i just have more faith in the in the human i know what you're saying though i meet we meet so many hunters and fishermen every day do we not yeah that really come off intelligent knowing of ethics and stuff like that and you'd be surprised you go out with someone one time and they do something like what why what are you doing and it like it like the biggest one that like i i i know like this one's important because this can this could happen to the smartest ethicalist that's not a word most ethical you know person perfect hunter that prevent fires like that is a big one because like do you check the fire danger every day no I don't. No. When I go out, I definitely don't. But at the same time... You know we're in a red flag warning right now? I actually did see that on the Weather Channel. Um, but like basically what I'm getting at is the common sense that can fall into that is I go up backpacking somewhere, public land, national forest, wherever, state land. You're doing, you're doing your thing. I need a fire. It's cold out. You know, it's not cold out. I just want a fire. I, got, I just shot something. I want to cook something. There's... Plenty of signs as an ethical human for you to make, and and there's there's decisions that need to be made. Is it smoky? Is it archery season? Because you shouldn't probably start a fire at archery season. You know things like that, and I feel like most people are 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 current in their common sense with that. I, feel I like. mean, even when me and you sat in that spot opening weekend, we cleared like a one foot circle below my jet boil. To even turn the jet boil on. Which is a controlled can, fire. Right. And we were sitting on water too, which is helpful. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's that's that it can be tough, I guess. I guess your bar my mentality is on fires is I'm like optimistic. I don't want to have to ha- hold the bag or go to jail for starting a fire. So take ethics out of the question. I won't start a fire because I don't want that's could you imagine that that would be devastating. That would ruin your life. It could, right? And it doesn't even need to be like you're like you could be super ethical about it and even do it when there's not a fire danger and it could still happen. Yeah, but I mean, just I guess mainly there's a few of these that are just shocking. Realistically, but just, what you're saying is you're shocked to think that you would need to say this. Is what you're saying? You know, I've heard a lot of instances from friends that I know telling me stories about incompetent human beings when it comes to like the hunting aspect. And it's just like crazy to like hear them, you know, and you're like, no way that actually happened. Yeah. And you're, and then people do it. And it's like, I'm not surprised by much after sound shots or whatever that was <laughs> that Josh told us about. Or the llamas. I, I don't know. It's like a, like I heard a story um, from a guy that he owns a piece of property and there's a highway that's close to where his place is and he's hunting his his land and here's a gunshot and so he cruises out because he thought it was his neighbor and he goes oh he probably shot something so i'm gonna go check it out and he goes out gets on the main road and it's a dude dragging a 
mule deer doe through a field that he doesn't own, and his truck is parked five feet off of the highway and is dragging it as fast as he can go, and the, he gets caught. And he's like, hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to be the bad guy in this scenario. I just want to know what you were thinking, you know? And I mean, obviously he left it up to the correct, um, administration to deal with that. But, uh, I just think it's like the fact that somebody go out knowingly, I mean, it was not negligent. It was absolutely not negligent. I think you'd be surprised up and do that. The amount of people that wake up, maybe not even in hunting season and they wake up one day and they're like, I'm just going to kill shit. It's my God given right to <clears throat> do whatever I want. And I'm going to go out and just, I'm going to go on this guy's land. Oh, there's a deer right. I'm driving down the road. There's a deer right there. Boom. Dead. I know. Just <clears throat> I think you would be shocked by the amount of people that do that every day. That kind of, that reminded me of a, something that happened to me this week. So I was driving to work the other morning and I come around the bend right before that bar on the mm-hmm. highway. Entire flock of Huns, Hungarian partridge, flew in front of my truck. I bet I hit seven of them. Really? And I was just like, if I wasn't a person that hunted, I probably wouldn't have slammed on the brakes. But I like, I was like, oh no, birds. And I like went to slam on the brake. I was, it was too late by then, but I was like. Well, it's like hitting a deer too. I mean, like you can't. Isn't that crazy though? Like right there. Well, don't you remember when the, the I have something on my throat. <coughs> Do you remember when the flats flooded and there was ducks out there like crazy? Oh yeah. And it was almost like you had to avoid them. Oh yeah. <laughs> like they were, they'd come out of the barrel pit and just like. I know for a fact I hit two or three within the two year span that the water. It's was unavoidable. There. I mean, it's not like it's something you can. You're going, I you're just, going you said limit. driving down the road, whatever, and it reminded me that I forgot to tell you that story. It had yeah, nothing to do whatsoever I, with not what we were talking all. about. But. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, Sean. It's uh, it's an interesting article to read, but I I see why they did it. I understand why they did it. I see why they did it in a way. Like, for some reason, there's people out there. I mean... Generally, do you think that there's people that want to do the right thing out there that read this article and they're like, oh, I didn't know you could do that? Oh, yeah, 100%. And some of those bullet points? Uh, I guarantee it. I don't know. Let's see what he got. What what else? Yeah, read more of them. Big pause. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, avoid driving on muddy roads unless it is a well-graveled road graveled road or walk. But you know what's crazy, though, Rams? These are a lot of complaints I hear from farmers. A lot. Oh, yeah. So this stuff is real. Yeah, I just... Reading this list, I just... I mean, like this one. Camping is allowed on most public lands, but permission is needed to camp on private property and BMAs. Like one of those things that I just would know off the top of my head and they have to tell people because some people are like, Oh, like you said, they probably, I know people, went, people be playing dumb though. They already know. Yeah. 
I can or access to public lands through private or through private land requires permission of the private landowner. Right. Like you can't just drive through someone's property. Some of this isn't even to... an ethic problem. Some of this is like a real law problem. No, but it, like to go to in, like indulge in that, it's like it, there's certain rules that this state alone has regarding the outdoors. Like the whole. How you, I... you okay, Sean? I want to figure out how I can say this. There's certain things like I'm going to use this as an example. Like the whole 14 days. Isn't it? Isn't 16. It, is it 16 for yep. national? For... Yep. Do you have to move your camp? Yeah. So, like, in that case, would you be absolutely torn if you went, oh, I woke up and it's day 17 and, I, you know, I'd like... you. They truly, They'd have to catch you. Well, okay. First of all, I couldn't imagine being somewhere for I know, but in that, in that case, though, when you're like, oh, this is day 17, I got to move camp, would you be totally torn to be like, and I got to do it right now. I got to go. I got to... That's, know, gotta that's a 100% thing in ethic, ethical thing because... Realistically, we need to share our public land. Well, not even that, but like you have to be the one that tells when it's 16 days because there's not, I mean, I've stayed up there for three, four days up in the forest services, three, four days, and you never see someone and drive by that could enforce that. So, I mean, he drives up on the, on the 15th day and you say, Sean, Oh yeah, I just got here yesterday. Well, you have another, do you know why? Days. I think that's a federal law. Do you know why that's a law? Because do you know how many people would be camping? I mean, not camping, living in the woods. Oh, for sure. And just like straight up just leaving campers. Yeah. Places. Yeah, I, I get it. But I mean, I guess that might have been a poor. Which example, as far but. as the whole leaving campers thing, if it's not there for 16 days or more than 16 days, you could drive up and leave your camper somewhere. I would never do that because I mean, you, can't, you can't, can't really trust anybody anymore. Some I mean, look at the guy that so got the elk vague. stolen out of the back. Some of these are so vague. I read most of them while, while you were while on your hunt, break. While hunting on private property, a person may not drive off established roads or trails without landowner permission. Off-road travel on public land, including game retrieval, is prohibited unless designated as open. Consult appropriate land agencies or land maps for specifics. But like the whole, if you have, if you're given the opportunity that you could hunt on private land, I don't need to. Oh, that looks like a two track. I know, but shouldn't. Shouldn't at that point, if you're, if you've got the permission to hunt and I guess there's a lot of people that like go door to door and maybe hunt a place like one time because they got permission one time. So maybe they don't have the chance to sit down with the landowner, but I feel like we've established relationships. Sean, I'll just tell you right now, we're spoiled. I've hunted private land where it's like, don't get off the two track. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is like, we have relationships where like, we know what to do and what not to do. Like, because it's worked. It, it, it has a... Oh, the grass is three feet high? Yeah, I'm probably going to stay on the trail because I don't want to start a fire and then never I mean, be able to hunt out here. Well, yeah, and there's a, there's a thing, too, where, like... And I think it comes from us being... Uh, our whole lives, we've been trail riding, mm-hmm. you know? And the second that you get off the trail, which is, is illegal, first of all, which... um, You start seeing, like, someone drives off the trail. You see, like, a two-track on the road. They start shutting shit down. And for a lot of places, for private land too, that's the same thing. If they start seeing two, you know, ATV tracks all over the property, boom, shut isn't it that, down. Isn't that, uh, isn't that something that you uh, you brought up about the the like over in like Hell Hill, Hell Hill area? You saw like guys pull off into public land to retrieve an elk. Oh yeah, you see it all the time. Like yeah, I think it caught and me. their excuse is, oh, we were just going to get it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like you shot it down there. That's your job to get it out of there. 
regardless. Oh, yeah. And you still need to follow the laws. Just because you shot something doesn't mean you get to drive down to where it's at. And It's entitlement and ignorance. It's the whole reason this article is made and why we're reading stuff that to us and, sounds like a ridiculous And here's another thing, and I've seen the ignorance before. So sometimes, you know, I know I'm not talking bad on anybody, but sometimes up in the Forest Service, gates don't get opened or shut on the dates that they're supposed to get opened and shut. And I've seen people who take that as, oh, well, it must not be closed, so I'm just going to drive up it. So my, my good friend Landon, right, he, he shot, a, shot a cow, and we were following a blood trail. And the blood trail was probably 100 yards off the road, and about halfway following it, here comes a razor up a trail that's supposed to be closed. Well, the blood trail, as soon as, because I'm sure we heard the razor at the same time, the blood you, you think it bumped the elk? It, I guarantee you it bumped the elk. And it's just one of those things where, like, if they weren't driving where they weren't supposed to, maybe we'd had a chance for him to get that elk. I mean, we followed it for four and a half, five miles, and we never did end up finding it because it got into some stuff and we lost blood. And it's just, I mean, he hiked probably 11 or 12 miles that day. You know just, what blows my mind about public land? Is like how quickly people give up on on tracking shit that they shot. Oh yeah, like remember that one time they, they have the uh, the mentality of oh oh well I'll just go shoot another one. Yeah, that happened to us at one time. Remember? Yeah, those dudes shot them like they got other trucks shot that that raghorn. That might have been bigger than that. I don't remember. Uh, and you and I had come out of the mountains off of hiking out of the the shithole, come across blood trail get to the road and our guy's like yeah some guys just came up and asked if we'd seen an elk because they lost it after putting zero effort into going after it well we followed it for what four miles yeah you and i tracked it forever until we got to like where it was like this thing's got to be alive still (laughs) like it was getting dark or something i don't remember and it was that was that was a crazy track because i mean every 70 yards this thing laid down and just bled and bled that made us better hunters and it got up i don't know whether it was us pushing it or what but like it seemed like every seventy yards, there was about a thirty-inch circle of where it was bleeding out, and you could see the imprint of its body where it laid down. Even its horns, it was so tired, it was laying its horns in the snow, straight into the snow, like brow tines. Like and you everything. could see the outline, like if you literally took a shed and put it in the snow and pulled it out. And it, we put a lot of effort in trying to track that down, and it got into some just downfall. It had to have bled two pints of blood just going up the hill. Oh yeah, I'm surprised we never found it. That's like a, a guy I know um, this year actually shot a bull and um, with his bow and couldn't end up like finding it. Um, uh, he, he searched and searched. I mean, he went up for several weekends and, you know, he the biggest thing he was doing was looking for birds, be a telltale sign. And uh, um, he f- saw birds, the the actually this next time he went out to go find his bull and he went oh sweet you know i can you know i'm gonna find this thing because there's birds swirling everywhere and whatever gets up to gets up to it no horns it's a dead cow huh couldn't he there was no arrow no hole or anything like that he couldn't figure out cause of death but it's just kind of shocking that 
I guess we're not the only things that can kill something in the in the woods. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, even think about this. I mean, shit. They get cancer and heart disease and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, I, I I would say like that's something that should be in there. Is like if you shoot an animal, <laughs> go find it. Because we heard it. I mean, the most raw testimony about tracking an animal. Yeah. Thirty-one mile. Thirty-four in a 34. five mile. Yeah, that's impressive. Crow fly. Well, think about even like the amount of time we've looked for birds before. Where it's like you you shoot a bird you can't find it in the cattails or something and you just grid and grid and grid, you know how many people out there that just let shit die, mm-hmm. let and let die like miserably, you know because you know that even that bull he died a terrible death. Oh yeah. So that's where I put make an article about that. There's a lot different ethical things that could be brought up besides close your f- close the gates when you go through them. That should be common sense. They really should. All it's right. not. All right, Rams, what do you got for us? Finish her up. Well, it was real short. I mean, it happens every year, but uh, youth season started today. So okay. in Montana, there's a, a two-day before the big game season starts for everybody. The, what is it, 16 and under? It's uh, 12 to 15, and then 10 to whatever it was for the apprentice program can do it too. Right. And they get two days before everyone else gets to go out there, which I think is a phenomenal idea. I hope they never quit doing it. It's, it's a genius. I mean, it really keeps kids safe too, because they're not out that opening day. I mean, what did you say that one year you're out in the, you're hunting public land on opening day? How many shots did you hear that one day? Oh, like a hundred and some, it was stupid. Yeah. an absolute. And think about like, like opener antelope. as a, as a father or a mother, how would you feel? How would you feel about bringing your kids out in that situation? And and not only that, but you're going to be able to hunt a lot of state and block management areas that haven't been just completely ravaged. It gives kids a good opportunity to make ethical, you know, because uh, we've hunted with a lot of uh, first time shooters and young kids, and even like I mean, I'd love you to tell a story about the kid that you helped shoot one a couple years ago. But uh, think about like they need they need more time to set up like to be comfortable because right. they it, get scared you know sometimes at, at twelve years old I didn't know I mean I knew a lot just from sitting in the truck with you, you and dad and taking and hunter safety taking hunter safety but I mean there's a lot of situations that I'm glad that it was you know just the kids hunt or whatever. Right. Well, and, and I guess we never got to do that early season one, but we were always lucky. Always in that sports, we could. We could, dad and I, you know, dad got us on places where we could. Right. We could do that, but I, I think, I think that for that kid to be able to have less pressure to make, because unless you're like a kid that shoots a gun every day since he was like five, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into hunting where it's it's, it's intimidating. I don't. You, you could even still be that. Person I was a better that, shot at twelve. <laughs> you could even be that person that shot a gun since you're five, and the first time you put your crosshairs on something that's living is going to be a way to. I mean, killing an animal is a big deal. I can tell you right now, exactly what I was doing. That's the only my first deer is the only deer I've ever shot where I remember, start to finish through the shot, everything that happened. And I, I, I just know for this? a fact in, that I'll have it forever. In spirit of your article, I want everyone here to tell about their first hunt. Oh, man. Um, With a tag and a, and a, and a gun? Yeah. Oh, your, your first harvest, excuse me. So 
In, in all actuality, the year that I was able to hunt for the first time was probably now only second to last year when it comes to deer hunting. And the year that I shot my first deer. <laughs> Those are the three worst hunting seasons I've ever visited. My dad's always been a big believer that, not really a believer, but just kind of that old time old guy thing where your first deer should be just a dink. I mean, he says it all the time. I don't think that's a believer thing. I think he just got you whatever he possibly could at the moment. Right, and that's all it was. I mean, we saw... I think his mentality is don't be picky for your first deer. Right. Right. Make sure... Be thankful for what you can harvest. Be thankful for what you can harvest as well as I want it to be the cleanest, most ethical thing that I get a 12-year-old to do. And I remember we didn't see... jack nothing all season and i mean at 12 years old i was <coughs> quite emotional about it because i'm like oh my first year you know i'm not gonna shoot a deer competition with older brother you know he's already shot three deer by now and uh we pull into a place that we refer to as the secret spot because back in the day when you had to use maps and you didn't have onyx or whatever it wasn't labeled on the block management as part of their land and dad being best friends with the landowner he had told us about this spot he's like hey we have this whole spot there's a road that runs through it you know stay on the two track don't drive in because they plant the field or whatever and we're driving through and all of a sudden i don't know probably half a mile in would you say that first corner is yeah there's a whole herd of mule deer i mean probably 15 20 mule deer so i get out you know 30 out six at the time is probably as long as i am and uh 37 inch barrel you know it's not (laughs) it's not the length of the barrel it's it's, it had the big giant iron sights on it like mine yeah it's very similar it's a lot older than yours but basically the same thing except it was a Springfield instead of Winchester and I couldn't find like a good place because if I got down on the ground use a bipod the sagebrush was too tall so I had to kind of lean over on my tippy toes the mirror of the pickup and I could just barely see through the scope and I remember dad was standing right and it's the dumbest mule deer on the planet I mean, this is probably a five-minute span. And uh, he's looking and looking. And this deer, this buck, is so small that it takes him forever to figure out if there's even a buck in there. This is the only buck in the herd. He's like, all right, do you have it picked out? And I could just barely see his horns. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. He's like, all right, you know, breathe, you know, do everything. Shot it, boom, drop like a rock. Didn't even take a step. And I did uh, the trademarked uh, Ramsey hoop and holler that both of you have witnessed and went up and and dad went through the process, showing me how to gut it and whatever, made me do it myself and, well. Mostly. Helped me through doing it myself. And it's just, it's one of those memories that I'll I'll have with me until the end of my time. Right. I was there too. It was fun. And it was, uh, Ramsey gets so excited, man. That's probably like a really good thing about hanging out with him is he, he gets so excited. He's still just how he is today as he was back then. 
But uh, my story, very similar. Another awful year. I mean, literally low deer counts, does and does and does and small bucks. And I don't remember. I, this was 15 years ago. 14, 15 years ago. But I can remember a lot of it and a lot of it escapes my mind. But I, I don't think it was opening weekend, but maybe. I can't remember. All I know is that dad spotted these off way off in the bottom of this coulee. And so he had this idea to get out. And at this time, Ramsey had to have been like eight or nine, young, very young. And he went with us. No, I was in the truck. Okay, maybe he stayed at the truck. You guys parked on the road and walked into this. Yeah, we walked way down into this. We walked way down into this coulee. And dad said, we got to, and they're going to see us if we don't like. We crawled up on this little hump, right? And it was right in the middle of the coulee. And these deer never saw us. And they fed all the way up this coulee. Ended up being three does and a little forkhorn. And dad's like, well, this is this is our only chance we've had. And back in this day, we didn't get the opportunity to hunt. You know, once you get out of high school and stuff, you can hunt all the time. I mean, when you're when you're that age, our hunting days were very limited. So he's like, if this is this might be the only chance you get, like, do you want to shoot him? And I said, sure. So we uh, posted up with a bipod on the. It was it was almost perfect, like I said. And I think they came in so close. I'm I'm thinking 120 yards, maybe there. if not less. Next thing I know, I hear Ramsey come barreling down from the truck. I've got to poop, Dad. I got to go. And Dad's like, shut up. Like, like, just get down. And he's like, just go. And so Ramsey's behind us about 40 yards, bare ass, <laughs> going to the bathroom. And the deer finally started to hear something. And it was, I can remember, I can literally picture it in the scope today. The does circled around this little buck. And it was almost like a perfect picture. And you could see the heads on each side of it. And I remember that so vividly to this day. And one by one, they trotted away from it. And when he stood there broadside, I was so nervous, man. I was shaking and uh, I shot, dropped it. And uh, yeah, we do the same, very similar, you know, learn everything about uh, field dressing. Uh, Ramsey took care of his business. And uh, uh, yeah, so that those were our, I mean, that was a long time ago, man. Started this passion that we're doing now. Um, oh, it's escaped me. The wise words of, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but Jurassic Park, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. I guess that, like, Sean can't really share this because he didn't do the youth part. I didn't. So I apologize on bring on, on, uh, I guess I didn't even realize that when I said that. We'll talk, we've already talked about your first animal, haven't we? Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. So to those that are doing the youth hunt, make sure that, like, Take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I fully, I actually saw pictures on Facebook today of someone I don't really know, um, just one of those Facebook friends, and they took like three of their kids out, and they talked about how, um, you know, they got on some deer. They may have seen more deer than they've seen in a long time, and the kids were running around, you know, coming through the trees. It sounded like uh, herd of elephants, but it was still enjoyable, and it was enjoyable for everybody. And and we talk all the time about if we bullyish. The, you know, these kids away, we're not going to have what we have because we need a community to keep this going. Right. And, and I uh, think, you know, I think it's really cool because we, uh, I, I believe we, we are going to get to be, Beaumont Brothers are going to be a part of a youth, uh, I don't know, youth hunt, but a, a first time hunter this year because we're, we're really looking into um, taking Owen out. 
Well, and I, I'm bummed that we couldn't set something up to do it this youth season. That would have been youth, really, yeah. really cool uh, um, to capitalize we'll, on that. We'll say the property that I have picked out is somewhat close to where me and Sean sighted his gun in. Deer everywhere. I uh, I will tell um, Owen as well because I haven't actually talked to him um, or Matt. Uh, but uh, Owen, we uh, have actually scouted a a pretty good buck for you um for this year and it's got your name all over it yeah very doable buck too absolutely Um, uh it won't take much for we've been discussing this because we would all like to be there for a part of it because we want to film it you know there's nothing better than uh you know getting this as a a video for our company that's not the only reason we want to do it and we just want to be ramsey has been able to several times help a first-time hunter get their first deer which is so awesome uh, it's 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 one of those things like you can't like one of those memories you can't get rid of. And I'm sure like Matt, he got Macy's deer for her last year. It was her first one. He wants to, he, he that's a huge memory for him. Probably more than like any deer he's ever shot. Uh, it's just really cool to get these kids involved, get their emotions, see see what you saw in yourself 15 years ago. Right, and uh, I think that would be really cool to be a part of. And you know, we have a another friend of ours that uh, we need to. Help him punch that time, Clark. You guys have two two deer that you got to take care of this year before you get your own. Well, I mean, I don't know. First elk, too. I I I'm going to say this right now. With what I know from you guys and what I believe in you guys, everyone's going to harvest an elk at this table this year. I have a feeling about it. I it's just going to happen, and I'd love to see. Hopefully, we get a film of Sean's first elk. That would be really awesome. Would be. But uh. Yeah, I, I I'm very excited for when Sean can set up Matt and Owen's hunt. I'm hoping it can happen while I'm while I'm not guiding, because uh, I'd love to be there. What I love, uh, what I envision is me on the camera, and the and Ramsey and Sean basically, you know, doing the. I mean, he wouldn't be guiding, but you know what I mean, like helping him get his first deer. Yeah, I I I'm excited for that. I just need. You're to. probably more excited for that than myself. I could see Sean. I could see Sean taking the dad role, and then Ramsey taking the like. This is where we need to go. This is where he's going to be. There he is. This That's is what a lot of deer. The last time I did that that year, <clears throat> I, yeah. And and Sean's talking about this one buck. I mean, this is a buck that <laughs> surprisingly good buck for where we were at. I got a lot of a lot of problems with that buck. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. No, it's Ruined cool. Quite the antelope hunt for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's cool. I'm it's glad that I'm, it's one of the best things our state does is, and then I, I'm not familiar. Maybe every single state does this, but I think, uh, and I, there was a part of me that thinks that maybe there was a couple years where they did it a full week before, but maybe not. Maybe it's always been two days before. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I fully support it, and I hope they don't ever go away with it. And I, no. I'm, I'm very excited to see. That was the bless me. That was the <laughs> most struggle ugliest face I've ever seen. Sorry, uh, I don't what what. Um, just playing games on his phone no, over I'm here. Not playing games. I just got an update thing I got to do. Okay. Anyways, uh, I'm excited to see like what uh, youth hunt pictures come across our Facebook. Oh, me too. So if you're I've already seen them through the one page that we follow. Oh, the Montana hunting page. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say if, if you guys got some, some photos, you listen to the podcast and, and you're send you, them in, send them in. We'd love to see them and love to talk about them. Um, guys, I, we went extra long on that segment. 
I did, and we got a very special requested segment. Are we gonna do it though? We've got an hour and we've got. Oh, we're over an hour and a half already. No. Are we gonna miss it? I think it's. I think it's doable. Uh, that's so long, that's, dude. That's long. I think we can end it here with the talks of like. We'll doing, get it next week. Sean, like doing, it, doing it next week. What do you think? Yeah. I'm just gonna. I I'm think gonna, we need to focus. I'm gonna more announce energy. it. Why don't you do the new soundbite for it? Just, we're not going to do the segment, but here's our new soundbite. I could see what you would think. It has nothing to do with horse racing <laughs> and everything to do with a new section se- segment. Sorry, it's uh, not a new segment. We have brought back trivia. Sean, Sean and Ramsey trivia at that. We have. We had popular demand to get rid of trivia, and then now we have even more popular demand to bring it back. To bring it back. Mm-hmm. And you know what I think it is? Because I think you guys never finished your battle. What's the score? Even I don't even know. I think it's like four to one. It was on that board, but we erased that board to do our. Uh, Dude, this, that was like six months ago. Yeah. Can you think about that? That's crazy. It is. Uh, yes, we the were going studio to do, wasn't even close to. We that. were going to bring back the heated battle of Sean versus Ramsey for the for the it's for like the audience. Seven to two, I want to say. No. Or five to two. It's five to two because we only did it. We had it set up, but obviously we're going too late. So we're going to do it potentially. Not, what is? We need to look at a calendar here because I need to really be on what our podcasts are are going through right now. Let's see here. 22nd is Saturday. Um, so this podcast 27th. will be the 21st. So yes, next week we'll be we'll be able to do trivia next week because this will be our last like kind of with the boys stuff before we have a return awesome destination return guest the first week of November. That's a lie. I keep mixing that up. It's the week after that. But that first week might be a new potential sponsor maybe that comes on the podcast. Um, and then Matt and I are gone for two weeks. So you guys are going to have to, I think that there's one podcast you guys are going to have to do by yourselves, which is fun. Cause we'll just do we'll bring the whole crew in, do another, another fun one with you guys. We'll do something. But anyways, it might just be me and Sean just talking to each other. We're excited to bring back trivia. It's a lot of fun for us. It's a lot of fun for, you know, those that were keeping up with the, the challenge. Um, we're just trying to keep things fresh. You can only talk about elk hunting so much, <laughs> but, uh, and, and what came in like, last week that we didn't get to talk about boys? Mm, we did. We did mention it. Did we mention? We, we did. did. The hats came in. We have new hats. They will be They're bomb. They're our favorite. I, my personal favorite thing that we've, we've made so far. Sean still has not seen them in person, but that's I fine. have not. It's all right. They're in the truck. I'll show you after this. We will. We they're not on the website yet because we're going to do candid shots hunting this weekend. Yeah. While I'm out with the boys, I'm going to have them do some oh, nice God, going. outdoor shots. Oh no, I actually am sick on Saturday. Oh God. <laughs> um, but don't forget, we have new green shirts. Uh, website exclusive. Long also, sleeve camo shirts for the month of October. If you do not follow our social medias, state site wide for the month of October, we are zero zero shipping, zero fee for shipping. So get in, get your orders in now. Sean just mentioned to me we have one sweatshirt left. We do. 
one sweatshirt. And what size is it in? It is a two XL. So if you're uh, a bigger, bigger person, <laughs> you're a husky boy you like are. us or woman. A two X is the last sweatshirt we have, and then I think we're going to revisit potentially ordering new ones. We're not sure yet. It may not be until 2023. We're not sure. But uh, yeah, one sweatshirt left. We're actually getting super low on original shirts too. Where we just checked inventory. So yeah, we got long sleeve camos in there. We we're out of the original hats. So once these new hats come on, this is our 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 sh- flagship hats. So check those out. And they're in uh, blaze orange and camo. So they'll be awesome. You guys have anything else, Dad? I do not. No. All right. Well, thanks for listening in. Um, we'll be back next week and potentially have Matt back. I don't know, um, but next week we will for sure have trivia. So stay tuned for that. Catch you on the next one. Later. See you later. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.